We're reading from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 22 to 33. Our direction through this text is how Jesus responds to our distressing circumstances. Reading God's Word. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, that's to Capernaum, while he dismissed the crowd. He had just fed 5,000 people. After he had dismissed them, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Simon. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Again, I repeat the sermon title, Our Distresses and Jesus' Response. Distressing circumstances. They are part of everyone's life. Job spoke for the human race long ago. Job said, Man is born under trouble as the sparks fly upward. Then Jesus promised in John 16:33, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good comfort, I have overcome the world. John 16:33, the world tribulation. In the King James, trouble, you shall have trouble. In the NIV is the Greek word thalipsis. Thalipsis. Thalipsis literally means a squeezing, a pressing, a pushing into a corner where we feel opposition, where we feel like we're being pressed out of our comfort zone. Plenty of things in life walk down the pathway distressing us. Acute health problems would normally do it for anybody. Financial distresses. So as believers in Christ, as Christians, we're not exempt from distressing circumstances. This is what our text in Matthew 14 puts on the front page. The disciples were battling a storm most of the night. They were trying to get home to Capernaum on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But in their circumstances, we must always see the text, they were not without divine help. Always. Our message will focus its light upon this truth. 
Jesus responds to our distressing circumstances. Looking at the scripture verses in Matthew chapter 14, we will see ways how Jesus responds. The first way is Jesus responds by showing us that he is master over our distressing circumstances. We read again the text that points out this truth, Matthew fourteen twenty-two to 25. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him. Again, that's across the lake to Capernaum while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because a wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus is master over circumstances. He's in control of the winds and the waves. After all, he is the almighty God. He is the Lord of the universe. Jesus is. According to Philippians 3.21, Jesus is able to subdue all things unto himself. Let me read that again. Jesus is able to subdue all things. Your problems, your distresses, he's able to subdue all things to himself. Why is this? Jesus is not under the control of our circumstances. Our circumstances are under his control. When a furious storm swept the Sea of Galilee, it put his disciples, we read and have read, in distressing circumstances. They were on a boat on the way home, but had to battle the elements. The wind came down over the lake from the northern part of the mountainous area, and it swept the waves into a terrible storm. The disciples were out there which end, so to speak, for after nine hours, they were only in the middle of the lake. What a problem. They had to use the oars to keep the boat on its journey headed towards Capernaum. It was being blown here and there in the middle of the lake. They'd gone, the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, about four miles 25 to 30 furlongs. And in these four miles, they had been on the lake 
for many hours. They had left shore after Jesus dismissed the 5,000 men he had fed along with the women and the children. And so they left shore about 6 p.m. when Jesus went up into the hills to pray, 6 p.m. In the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., a watch was three hours. So this was the fourth watch. The third watch was from 12 to 3. The fourth watch of the night where Jesus came was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. If Jesus came to them, say, at 3 a.m., they had been battling with the tempest and the waves for nine hours. These were distressing circumstances. But Jesus showed these disciples that he was master over their circumstances, over their problems, over their troubles. He came to them through the wind and the waves that created the problems to them, but Jesus walked on them. He walked on them as on the ordinary ground. The waves were not splashing his garment. The wind was not blowing his cloak. He was like on an ordinary straight ground, walking in a pathway that was calm and quiet and showed no sign of a storm. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the living God. So he showed the disciples that what was troubling them, the wind and the waves that created the storm, that Jesus showed these disciples that he was master. He was walking on the storm. He came through the wind and the waves as ordinary ground. He was on a straight path. The wind howled, the waves dashed, but he was not affected. Amazing. He was not affected. The water bore up his weight. Jesus is the king of creation. This is my father's world, said Jesus. He guides the stars and the sun and the moon. He names every star by its name, the Bible says. And so he is extraordinarily, exceedingly divine, which they finally said in the climax of this. Truly, you are the Son of God. Why is Jesus master over circumstances? We find this in verse 33. Look again at chapter 14 and verse 33. The disciples bowed down in the boat when Jesus entered it from the lake with Simon, and they cried out in true affirmation, truly, of a surety, you are the Son of God. That is the climax. Not Jesus or Peter walking on water. The climax of the whole biblical narrative, the truth in the highest climax, is that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus belongs to a higher order of existence than man. He is divine. He is God of every God. Nothing limits his power. Nothing. Jesus is all-powerful. Jesus is everywhere present, omnipresent. 
Jesus is not being bound by time and space. For Jesus exists in a different order. He's higher and holy and outside of us. We call it in theology, he is transcendent above us. Even as the Bible says, we're of the earth, earthly, he's the Lord from heaven. We're from beneath, he is above. He's outside of time and space. He is eternal. We read in Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He was on the other side of the beginning when he created the heavens and the earth. He was in eternity. In the beginning God created time and space as well as the heavens and the earth. So he can hold the winds in his fists and the waters and the waves of his hand. He is in control of our circumstances. He is God of every God. So we read in Genesis chapter 17, I am the Almighty God. And here's the question to us today. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis chapter 18 verse 14, God is speaking to Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? A rhetorical question with an implied answer. No, he is the almighty creator of the ends of the earth. He is omnipotent. The only kind of power that God has is supernatural. So Jesus responds to our distressing circumstances. He shows us he's in control. Control over them. His dominion extends over everything that touches our lives. Look to him in steadfast trust and he will show you that he's master over your distressing circumstances. He can heal that migraine headache. He can cause that aching body to be delivered and saved for he can save the body from pain as well as the soul from sin. He knows And we can understand from this text, he's master over what troubles us. They're under his feet, all circumstances. He rules the ends of the earth. And so we find that Jesus responds. He is in control. It's up to us like Simon and them to look to this steadfast trust. He will show you that he's master over your circumstances. Please do not let distressing circumstances control you. They do not control your Lord. They do not control your Creator. Let them come under the control of Christ. Read the passage. Understand the truth that they walked on the winds and the waves. That troubled them, but to Him He walked on them. Whatever troubled them, He can come to you whatever troubles you. I know of a lady who told me one time that she had been praying desperately for her husband. In the night hours when he wouldn't see her, she'd crawl out of bed and shed tears of intercession, tears of sorrow. He was not converted to Christ and he had cancer. 
And she cried out night after night unto God. She cried out in the darkness of her home. The tears ran down her face. And then one night in somewhat of despair, she said in prayer, Jesus, where are you? Audibly a voice sounded in her ears and in her room, her living room. Jesus spoke audibly and said to this woman, I am here, right there in the middle of her circumstances. Right there Jesus came and spoke audibly the divine truth that we all need to understand, including me, I am here. The second main idea that Jesus saves us when we fail in our circumstances. Good to know. Good to understand. He knows we're human. I read that scriptural truth, divine and eternal in God's word, in Matthew 14, verses 28 to 31. Jesus saves us. He's still there when we fail in our circumstances. 14 chapter of Matthew. We are reading from verse number 28. But Jesus immediately said to him, Take courage as I, don't be afraid. And here comes Peter into the scene. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning, not a ghost, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter had been on that water Many, many hours and many days as a fisherman. Come, the voice sounded out, said Jesus. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught Simon Peter. You of little faith, He said, Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught Simon in verse 31. So we see that Jesus understood the fear of Simon Peter. Why did you doubt? Why are you afraid? Simon was not trying to show off faith in front of other disciples in the boat. Simon was for real. Simon said, I'm going to walk with Jesus. Jesus said, it's him. And I know it is, because if it's you, it's a first-class condition, meaning if it's you, and it is, that's in the Greek, first-class condition. I know it's you, Jesus, so I know you can tell me He had faith and confidence in Christ even in the storm when he heard that voice that he heard so many times in the Galilean hills on the Sea of Galilee itself. He knew that voice of Jesus and Jesus said, Come. So Peter said he will come on the lake. The word save. Jesus, he cried out. It was no longer a still pathway like the ground, wind blowing, his cloak, the storm raging with waves over 
towards his head. Peter was in a terrible shape, except that Jesus had come and all was clear on the pavement like that Peter and Jesus walked on. Jesus still knows, and the winds and the waves still know, that voice that ruled them when he dwelt below. So Peter saw the winds, he looked at the circumstances as we all do, and he began to sink, crying out, thank God he did the only thing possible. Seemingly, when he cried out as a disciple, Jesus, save me. The word save in the Bible means to deliver, give victory, rescue. Rescue me. We all need to cry that at times. The Hebrew word literally means to bring into a large place. That's salvation. You have saved me from my enemies, said King David. Save me meaning you've brought me into a large place, you've given me victory, you've rescued me. Here we mean Jesus rescues us. He rescues us when we fail in our distressing circumstances. Thank God we can all testify. That's why we're still here today. Let's speak about Peter's failure. He was approaching Jesus when he looked at the waves piling high up to his shoulders, maybe above his head, in that terrible wind blowing down from the mountains of the north. Then Peter felt the terrific force of the wind that early morning at 3 or 4 a.m. Peter was not really in danger, not with Jesus there, but he became frightened when he looked at the distressing wind, the circumstances, his cloak blowing all around him was trouble, so to speak. In that moment of fears, Peter's faith gave way. The solid water was like a ground walking upon, suddenly became liquid. Peter began to sink. But Jesus responded immediately. He didn't rebuke Peter. He's advising him. After a few quick steps, Jesus reached down and took hold of Peter. Jesus saved him on the Galilean lake. Lord, save me. I'm sinking. Lord, save me. I'll not make it. How often have we cried that out? Lord, you need to intervene. And why does Jesus save us when we fall and fail? This is a cry of rescue, and it's always heard by the Savior. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that and remembers that at our best, we are helpless until he comes. Even at our best strength, we're altogether vanity, said the psalmist. Jesus waits for us to see the trial is too big for us. He listens to our plea, Lord, save me. Remember, please, that Jesus understands our weaknesses. He understands we have a limit. He understands we have a breaking point. You don't know it and I don't know it, but he knows it. And so distressing circumstances in life call for faith. Turn again to Jesus saying, Lord, save me, help me. Jesus will respond. 
He is just like he responded to Peter's cry. He quickened his footsteps, reaching down. He took hold upon Peter and escorted him, so to speak, back to the boat. Jesus helps us when we fail. Don't believe the enemy of your soul if you fail and saying there's no road back. That is remorse. That's not repentance. There is a road back. Do not let a demon of despair tempt you with thoughts that you cannot make it, that you're too weak, that you failed utterly. Jesus comes in the midnight hours. Jesus comes in the morning hours. Jesus comes in the problem. He may say, why did you doubt? But he's still training us for the realms of light and to walk in him, with him in that eternal city. So Jesus saves us when we fail in our circumstances. They're distressing. We understand that. And then the third shining light that comes out of this passage of Matthew 14. The third one is Jesus changes our distressing circumstances. Jesus would not allow the terrible storm to continue. He rebuked the winds and the waves. The disciples had enough turmoil for that night. He stopped the storm. Peace. And we know the Hebrew word is shalom. Peace. Be still. He spoke to the wind and to the waves. Why does Jesus change our distressing circumstances? Why does he change our distressing circumstances? First of all, Jesus knows we have a limit. The Bible declares that. We have a limit and stress can break us. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There's no temptation or trial taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not allow us to be tempted above that which we're able. Beautiful. He will not allow us to be tempted above that which we're able. But will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to stand up under it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 Jesus knows when we've had enough. He will not let life tumble in on us. There's another reason why Jesus changes other circumstances. Not only that we're at the end of the road, we can't make it, but Jesus has pity on us, compassion on us, in our distressing circumstances. He's compelled by his compassion to respond to our distresses. He has pity upon us when we're in need. He has great emotional background as well. Jesus does. So he brings into pass great compassion Never think that Jesus is far away from you, unconcerned. He doesn't come around when the trial is over and say, how did you do? He is right there in our circumstances, showing to us in ways we see not at times, showing compassion, exerting pity upon us. He knows we're broken pieces of clay. 
and he understands our need. So Jesus has compassion upon us. He helps us in our distressing circumstances. He changes them. One time I was on a beach with a person who knew how to use the skidboards and the things that I had never used on the beach. And on that beach, I began to try to row around, but I couldn't make it in the waters. They were tumult. They were full of need. And two skiers came over the top wave over top of my head. One looked down and saw me and said to his friend, you go that way, I'll go this way. And they both did not collide over top of me. So I said, I'm getting out further from this sandy beach in Hawaii. So I went out, way out towards the the Diamond Head Mountain. I was beyond most people. And I did not understand how to use this ski. But I was at least doing some swimming because I knew how to swim quite well. And yet I understood that I was, I couldn't hardly get back to shore. So I stayed out there with the ski. Suddenly, way out there, I saw boats, ships, going down the channel off of Diamond Head. I was way out from the land. Then somebody appeared seemingly out of nowhere. It was the lifeguard, way out in the waters from the beach. He said, Sir, sir, I've come to get you. I've been watching you on binoculars. You're drifting too far out. I've got to take you back. You can go into the ship lane. And he put myself on his ski boat and he took me back to land. He changed the distressing circumstances. God knew I was too foolish to understand the danger, but God came anyways. So God is that kind of a God. He knows when we have a limit. He knows we have compassion upon us. And Jesus will respond to your distressing circumstances. He can change them. Let me say to you that are hurting, you that feel harmed, you that feel some bitterness, he can change your circumstances while he changed you. Meanwhile, let's not faint. For our faith in the Lord is not in vain. Our sermon's aim in Matthew 14 shows that Jesus will respond to our distresses. So let's read this passage for five minutes each morning this week. Let us read it for five minutes. And our faith will grow. God will speak again by the spirit of light and truth that enlarges and enlightens us in divine wisdom and truth. Remember the truths. Jesus is master of our circumstances. He must be the master. Always he is the almighty God of this world. He's almighty in our personal lives. He walked on the waves. Jesus knows that when we fail in our circumstances, he reaches out a saving hand. He said, why did you doubt? But he was not stinging with a rebuke to Peter. He told Peter, you shouldn't have. You knew my voice. You heard my word. We're not great people. 
we have a great God. A woman, after a distressing circumstance, was asked, Didn't you shake on this difficult trial? Others around her said. And the woman replied, Yes, she said, I did shake, but the rock on which I was standing didn't shake. This means that Jesus is our rock. Jesus will save us and change our distressing circumstances. Let him put a healing hand upon your body in some pain, in some distress, in some alarm, in some fear, and heal, and heal that part of your body. Heal in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray right now that you'll show us your glory by the acts of your deliverance and love. Thank you for your response right now as you reach out a hand to those that bow their head and say, Jesus, I respond. I need you in my soul. I need you as my Savior. I need my sins forgiven and removed. I need a new life. And you can give that as well as saving our physical life. You can save our spiritual life as well. God, we pray these things in the dearest name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.